Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm normally joined by Matt. Unfortunately, Matt's feeling under the weather and hopefully he'll be back next week. But someone has come to the show on the very last minute. Courtney has joined us. You would have heard Courtney a few seasons ago. She jumped in for a segment uh, then. But Courtney's going to actually join us for the whole show tonight, replacing Matt. Some would say that's an upgrade. I think so. Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Always happy to help. And also, uh, thank you. Well, I didn't say thank you, but uh, again, well, thank you again for joining us. But we're going to hit you with a few questions. Just so the fans get to know you, the fans have only heard you the once, and it was, I think, what, two, maybe three minutes in a segment. So we'll ask you a few questions. How long have you been supporting the mighty Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs? Uh, well, I've been supporting the Bulldogs since 2018 when I became a member. So only only been a few years. Um, so who is your all-time favourite Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldog player? I would have to say it would be Josh Morris. Oh, J-Moz, the try-scoring freak. Uh, he played for the Bulldogs for a very long time and definitely a fan favourite. Um, that's a good choice. Now, who? What? who's your favourite um, Bulldog fan now? I'll probably just have to say Josh Jackson. The inspirational yes. captain? Yes. The inspirational leader, Josh Jackson. That's a good choice and a very popular choice by a lot of members and fans. He's been around for a long time and he's an awesome captain. And we'll go with a one last question before we dive into the show. Um, favorite game that you've attended? Favorite game? I would probably say Bulldogs vs Warriors at what well, was known as AZ Stadium back then in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the final score, but Lachlan Lewis kicked the winning field goal. That was, I believe, if I remember correctly, Lachlan Lewis's birthday weekend or it birthday. Was. Yes, it was. Um, it was and he played birthday. probably the career his career best game in his short career, or his short career at Bulldogs, yeah. where he even crossed for a try, pushing support of Will Havawati. And he also kicked a field goal, and he went on to say after that, he actually... He's never kicked it that far in training before, so it just kind of came off and everything went right for the day. So that, that's a pretty awesome game. And that was an upset. The Warriors were favourites to take that win. The yes, Bulldogs just were. turned up on that Sunday, collecting the win at a, what was ANZ, but now known as a core stadium. But now let's get into what's happened just recently. Uh, the Penrith Panthers, they're flying high. No one, They've won five from five for the start of the year. They've got 32. They defeated the Bulldogs 12 at Combank Stadium. Uh, drop ball. The 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 story of the Bulldogs that just too many errors. Too many errors. Too too many errors. And too many errors in our in our own er uh, in our own attacking. Just giving just inviting Penrith Panthers to score points. And I think you don't need to invite someone like Penrith to um. To score. to score, they don't need any help, and the Bulldogs invited them too often. I'm pretty sure majority of their tries were on errors. Yeah, errors. yeah, so it was uh, it was just a drop ball. It's never, I suppose, never good to drop a ball. However, dropping the ball in your own half, in your own twenty, your own thirty, I think the Bulldogs was the story of their night. Uh, the completion rate was quite poor. I'll pull that up in a second, but it's just how are you meant to win? I must say though, we can. You can go, oh, the Bulldogs were poor with the handling, and it was very poor, and they gave themselves no chance. You have to play almost perfect, or I guess perfect, to beat the reigning premiers. 
But when you drop the ball that much like the Bulldogs did, um, you give yourself very little chance. However, though, we can we can like I said, we can critique them. We can uh, we can say that um, we can say they played poorly. But I thought the defense though. I thought the Panthers could have easily walked away with fifty points. I thought the Panthers could have walked away with sixty potentially if the the ball they were given by the Canterbury team. But they defended quite well. What do you find of that? Yes, I do believe um, Bulldogs' defense was pretty bad. I think we had our best attacking game of the season, even though it wasn't still up to standard. But out of all the games we played this year, their attacking was a lot better than previous. But it still needs a lot of work. And there you go. The completion rate of the Bulldogs was 63%. And compared to the Panthers, who I think were a little off an attack as well, I think it might have been a component, a bit of the... Uh, the Bulldogs playing well. Uh, the Panthers completed at 82%. The possession of the ball, the Panthers had 60% of the ball. So for an attacking flair team, they have strike power out everywhere. They only walked away with 32 points. I don't know if they'll be a little bit upset they didn't crack into the 40s or so. Um, but also, did they maybe didn't lift to the occasion? You know, you're versing a lower team. Did they, put a little, did they hide a little bit in the garage, um, I suppose, and just said, you know what, we're not going to a attack as well because we're versing the Bulldogs who struggled to score points or was it the, really the Bulldogs you know even though they kept shooting themselves in the foot did they um, aim up a bit more against the Panthers did they lift against the good side it's an interesting one that's the thing about the Bulldogs they're really good at bringing clubs down to our level mm, that's a good point then, yeah that's a very good point it, we do seem to uh, bring uh, teams down but in saying that when Panthers usually get 60% of the ball I usually yeah. see a very high-scoring game. And I think for that, there's something to build off. I think compared to last week's game against Melbourne, I feel it's I, le I left the ground. I don't know about everyone else. I left the ground actually in a much more happier mood than I was watching the game against Melbourne uh, at home. I felt there was effort there. There was energy. They, you couldn't deny them from trying. Against Melbourne, I thought, and I said this last week of the podcast, we didn't have to go too deep into it. I thought they were just awful. I didn't think there was a... As much effort as much energy. I think they tried their, their backsides off they, um, this week, and I feel like they did try hard. I think it was just outclassed by a better side. Yeah. I think it's as simple as way you can say it. I don't want to go into too much more negatives, but Matt Dufty, he's on a one-year contract with the Bulldogs. He does expire this year. There was rumours going around that he's going to agree to an, uh, a new deal with the Bulldogs. Nothing official, nothing official. Plays a game where he makes four handling errors. He was a key component to the Bulldogs' mistakes at the back. Dropped the ball. Even Josh Jackson turning the ball back in the inside for a Matt Dufty in a hole. Matt Dufty pulled away from it and Panthers jumped on the ball. Uh, wasn't a good day for Matt Dufty at all. And I didn't think it was a good day for Jerry Marshall King as well, who was who's also playing for a future. Yeah. They're both off contract this year. Yeah. Do you think, in your opinion, with no, we don't know if he signed or not, or speculation, does that actually hurt someone like Matt Dufty staying at the Bulldogs? I think it hurts Jerry Marshall King more. I mean, Jerry Marshall King? Because of Reid Mahoney coming over next Definitely, year? Definitely, I think because they're already set a hooker for next year. And Jerry Marshall King is an A-grade hooker. A-grade hooker, yeah. I believe. And because Reid Mahoney... Mahoney, yeah. Yes. Coming from Parramatta. He is, so I think that's an easy swap. And because Jerry Marshall King is on the exchange, it's kind of better for him than him just shut up getting another contract. At Bulldogs? Yeah. At the Bulldogs, yeah. Let's go to some positive news. And this is uh, some news So, uh, leading into this game. 
and it's made speculation and it looked like he was not going to play a top grade game this year. It looked like Trent Barrett didn't like him for whatever reason. But Kyle Flanagan made a return at Combank Stadium, got two from two of the boot. It's been an issue with the Bulldogs with the goal kicking as well, but Kyle Flanagan hit two from two of the boot, even got a try assist. The Flan. It was involved. It had his hand in the other try as well. Even though it doesn't count as a try assist, he was involved in the shift uh, to the Fox Auto car with Joe Stimson running. Um, How did you find the Flanagan? He was involved uh, in everything with the yeah, Bulldogs. Yeah, I think he played really well considering mm-hmm. the, with the amount of errors that was going on. I think he played really well. Um, I've been gunning for him to come back since round one. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Trent Barrett's had to put him in with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. But considering they're the reigning champs, mm. I think he did really well against them. And it's an interesting one because Flanagan could have kicked stones, and as you know, I think he's been by far the New South Cup player of the tournament so far, oh, leading yeah, the way definitely. for what I've seen and his involvement in it, like from yeah. stats and stuff. He's been heavily involved, and his name keeps getting mentioned on the on the summary that Kyle Flanagan did this, Kyle Flanagan scored, Kyle Flanagan was involved in tries. Um so he's went back to reserve grade and really owned that level. He's played this game. Yes, we only scored 12 points. It's the highest points we've scored all year, which is quite embarrassing. However, we didn't have much of the ball. He had, was involved in – he had his hand to play in both tries. The, obviously, the kick cross field where Tevita Pengo Jr. came flying through to score off a uh, Jerome Lillway error. Then also the shift going to the to the Fox. He started that as well. Um, that one doesn't count as a try assist. That counts as a try assist to Josh Adokar. Not him, but however, he still played his hand. I think with the opportunities he had, he did everything he could. If we didn't hand, drop the ball more often, maybe he could have walked away with two try assists and played a bit more of a part. We scored 18. We scored 20. It looks a bit more. I feel like in attack, he, even though Matt Burton was kicking the ball a lot more than Flanagan, Flanagan was screaming, pointing players that you could yeah. see at the ground. He was telling which players he wanted to yeah. run, which lines. He even spoke to Matt Burton wanted, which way he wanted him to kick it. So he really took the ownership of the thing. He wasn't just sitting there as a 5'8", and Burton was running the show. It was actually Flanagan running the show, and he was mm-hmm. using his he was using his players like almost different tools and yeah. objects and the thing, which is what you want as a halfback, and he was very um, vocal, and he got praised by Nathan Cleary at the end of the game as well, the leading halfback in the competition. I feel like he played well, and I actually feel like we looked better. We looked like a more organised team, So we, and I feel like when that organisation, when we look like that, that's more likely we're going to score points. Yeah. So I felt like he played really, really well. I felt like he did everything that he could have possibly done. Unfortunately, the ball, we didn't have an, enough ball, and we've already spoken about that. So we're going to go into the points in that. Do you ha- do you want to highlight anyone else who you thought played well, or do you want to just jump straight into the points? Um, let me just think back to Sunday. It's a while ago, wasn't it? I think... Oh, God. Max King played really well. He's turned into a fan favourite yeah, at Belmore, has hasn't he? Been, yeah. And... Oh, can't really... Think. So Max King, yeah, you want to highlight Max King. You've already highlighted Carl Flanagan. So the points, would you like me to go straight to the points of Matt? Oh, would you like to read him um, out? Paul Vaughan. Yeah. He played exceptional. Mm, there was something about opinion. watching him live... Yeah. And you worked obviously at the game together. Yeah. Uh, Paul Vaughan. I haven't actually, I'll be honest, I haven't really stats yet. I'll actually read him out in a second, but just his involvement in his runs. He was yeah. just, he looked dangerous. Every like, time he grabbed the ball, he was like, he had like a goal that he wanted to do. And it just felt like Penrith, I don't know, it might sound weird, and it's like Penrith were a bit worried when he had the ball because he yeah. felt like he was almost splitting them at almost every single time. 
Um, so we'll go through the stats. Uh, I will read Matt's points. Matt, again, as you know, he's for those who are listening, he's just off this week. However, he still put his points in uh, for the for the game. So I'll read them out for you. He's gone with Paul Vaughan, three points. He went with Josh Adokar, the Fox one, two. Looked quite dangerous on the wing. It was probably probably his best game as sense of attack. Yeah. And he's gone with the new fan favourite, I feel like. I feel like he's been a fan favourite at Belmore this year, Max King, on one point, who I think is playing exceptional football. What I've done is I've gone with Paul Vaughan with the three points as well. I thought, like I said, every time he came with the ball, uh, he was quite dangerous. I went with Kyle Flanagan with two points. I thought you couldn't ask for anything else from the halfback. You didn't get any more, any more ball and quality of ball. He was always involved. And I've also gone with Max King on one point in that game. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit soft on Max King. I just really like, I really like him. I think he's done everything in his power. Uh, Paul Vaughan did 12 runs for 111 111 metres. Look at that. 79 post-contact metres. He was dragging Penrith with him when he was getting hit. Uh, three tackle breaks, an offload, uh, and he also went for 34 tackles. Matt also highlighted, obviously, the Fox. Josh Carr. He had a try assist. He had 15 runs. 142 metres for the Fox. Very, very busy. 71 post-contact metres. 11... Read, listen to this. 11 tackle breaks by Josh Carr. 11 tackle breaks. He even got a line break as well. He made three tackles in the game. Uh, also, the highlighted player by Matt and also myself was Maxi King, who's played 34 minutes off the interchange bench. He did 10 runs for 94 metres. That's just over nine metres a run. 74 post-contact metres. It's just like Paul Vaughan. Yeah. When they get hit, they're hard to take down. Two offloads. I can see Max King. He likes to put second phase footy making, causing yeah. a bit of headaches. 30 tackles. Busy, busy, busy boy. Almost a tackle a minute. I highlighted Kyle Flanagan, who played the whole 80 minutes. Uh, he had one try assist. Three runs. Not much with the running of Kyle Flanagan. Three runs. 16 tackles in his game. So I thought he did quite well. Uh, so we'll move on from the, the Bulldogs and Panthers. And we'll just head to the actual leaderboard of the Bulldogs fans podcast Did player of the question. year. Yep. Um, what was Barrett's idea of? Shoving Wakeham in the last right minute. So you're good. We'll, we'll continue. Brennan Wakeham, that's a very, very good point. So Brennan Wakeham played six minutes off the interchange bench. So as your point, very limited. Um, I don't know. And what's his... What was the deal there? Like, I just... I saw him come on and I'm like, there's five minutes left. So that's actually a good question and a good, good point you uh, bring into the show. The very last minute uh, host here is just brought in a good one and I absolutely love it. Uh, Brennan Wakeham played, yeah, so six minutes off the interchange bench. Uh, the game was dead, locked, and buried. Uh, Panthers had the win. There was nothing Wakeham could have done at all. Wakeham even threw a forward pass at the end, trying to make something happen yeah, off the scrum. Um, but my question to you is, is Wakeham worthy on having on the bench? Not insult, I'm not saying that Wakeham isn't deserving of a top-grade spot, but if he isn't playing in the halves... I don't see a point. In Wakeham, like yeah. I, I had to, to agree to you. I don't see Wakeham as a guy who'll break open the game. Someone yeah. like Jake Avrilo on the bench, yeah. I can see the versatility. He can play anywhere on the outside backs. Could maybe yeah, run out hook sure. car, look a bit dangerous. Yeah. Someone like Bailey Biondiodo who has yeah, done that. Yeah, However, I've got a feeling the Bulldogs put him back in this last cup so he can play the whole game and mm-hmm. not play these 15, 20, 10 minute games, six minute yeah. games. I don't know if Barrett 
run out of time to use Wakeham and chucked him on, had no idea what he was doing. And he was thinking, well, we've got one change left. Let's just throw Wakeham on there and see what he can do, see if he can give us, drag us a try or something like that. Um, I don't see, I just don't think just because you're a halfback automatically makes you a hooker. Yeah. Eva or a 5'8", just because you can play in the half to make you hooker. Well, someone like Jack Avrillo, he can go to dummy half. He's lightning fast, and he could run out of dummy half a bit. Uh, or and if there's an injury in the back line, injury in the back line, Avrillo can cover from one to four, uh, one to seven pretty much. Um, so Avrillo to me looks like the perfect utility type of player. Wakeham to me, he's a half. So uh, I don't know if Wakeham's right, man. He's been named there again, but we'll go through the team list shortly. But I feel like if you're going to play a utility, I think it's going to either be barely, barely beyond Diodo, who's just got a bit of, yeah. bit of speed about him, a bit of live, a bit of live light about him, and uh, uh, Jack Everello. I just don't think Wakeham just has it in him to be. He hasn't He just hasn't got it. Uh, I think if Wakeham was going to play hooker, I think Wakeham might be just worthy of starting a hooker. But I don't think he's yeah. the answer at hooker because he's yeah. just not that player set the game off unless if you put Wakeman in the first 20 minutes and Jerry Marshall yeah. King who I f- thought was pretty good off the interchange yeah, bench I think he's a good bench player good bench player hooker yeah he just runs more really yes yeah, so, yeah so we'll go into the points now but that was a very uh, good top uh, good topic that you brought up we'll run through the player of the year award and it has made it has had a change Paul Vaughan who's just polled on both Matt and I's list is now ranked first He's got nine points. Matt Burton is on his tail on eight points. Maxi King is on seven points. So it's very tight at the top. The top. And Braden Burns is with Max King on seven points. The rest of the players follow with Corey Waddell on six. Josh Jackson, Jerry Marshall King on three. Kyle Flanagan and Josh Adakar on two. And Brandon Wakeham, the man we are just talking about, on one point. So we'll go into the news now. Uh, there's not much news. The Bulldogs have released their Anzac Day jersey. A lot of teams have released their Anzac Day jersey. Good concept. That will be for the following round, so not against not against South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, but a week later. Uh, we've seen quite a few Anzac Day jerseys. I think a lot of teams got it right. The Bulldogs play that uh, the Friday night at Suncorp for that Anzac Day round. So that's... Uh, they got the Broncos. So got the Broncos at Suncorp. Wow. Around seven, which would be the Anzac Day round, where the Bulldogs will wear the Anzac Day jersey. Quite a simple jersey, so obviously we can't show you because it's an audio, not a visual. However, it is a very normal Bulldogs jersey with uh, the army pattern in the Camouflage. the blue, the camouflage pattern. Yeah. Thank you, that's the word. Camouflage pattern in the uh, in the where the blue V is, very white, and it's got the poppies and the chest. Matt Burton is uh, modeling it on social media. I think. It's hit the mark quite nicely. I think it's quite simple and effective. Yeah, However, last year's Anzac Day jersey, I uh, don't usually personally buy special made jerseys. I, did, I usually stick to the home and away jerseys when I buy them every couple of years as a as a member of fan. I usually, but most of the time I stick to the polo or the jumpers. I don't feel overly inclined to go out and get this jersey. I like the jersey. I think it's a good one. I think keeping it simple is the right idea when you make these specially made jerseys because I hate it when teams go overboard. go overboard and make it look like it's not there. Yeah. And I think and the Bulldogs... shove in different colours and you can't tell who the hell's playing, who the hell's doing. I think Canterbury have done a good job. It looks like the Bulldogs. It is a Bulldogs jersey. Yeah. However, last year's Anzac Day jersey was also a Bulldogs-like jersey. really good. 
I would have been more inclined to buy that one because it was a little bit different. However, it looked like the Bulldogs and was the Bulldogs. However, I didn't end up buying it anyway, but it, that's what I would have to say about it. I think it was a really good, just simple. If you want to look at an ugly one, look at the Parramatta Eels. <laughs> it is absolutely hideous. I'm not saying I, that because I'm it, not a fan. I'm not saying that because it's Am the I not Eels. <laughs> I'm not saying because it it's the Eels, but there are some really good jerseys out there. I think the Penrith Panthers one is yeah, outstanding as well. Yeah, Panthers is really good. But yeah, so we'll go back to the Bulldogs jersey because it's the Bulldogs fans podcast, not the Panthers and not the Eels podcast. What do you think about it? Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's simple. Um, I do prefer last year's, mm-hmm. but I like this one. So like we've this one as well. so we've both given it a tick, pass mark. The Bulldogs done well on the Anzac Day jersey. This Friday though, this Friday is marked in the calendar. It gets marked Good every year. Friday Good Friday clash. It always something happens. It is a game that both Bulldogs and Rabbitohs fans, when they get the when they get the draw, they know exactly what it's going to be because it's on Good Friday. But they circle that out when the membership cards. This is a game if you're a member and you don't go to all games, you come to this one. You've got the Easter show next door. You've got the football like on at four o'clock. It's a full day, yeah, exactly. Day. It is the game I get excited every year for because I always believe something is going to happen. Last year, it was one of those games where we had before COVID and it was over 20,000 people. People go, oh, that's not really a big ground for Good Friday, but that was when the COVID and pandemic and still very, very strict um, isolation rules in. However, it's... I don't know. It's Good Friday. It's, it's, it's hard to expect what the crowd will be like this year. We don't have – there's not really any restrictions. Mm, I'm going to tip – shows open. I'm going to tip – I'm going to tip going north of 30. I reckon, we're going the, I reckon we're going to mid-30s this week. But so. listen listen to this. I'm going to put up the forecast. Friday forecast at Sinlingby Park. So it's being played at a course stadium where it always has been played at. Top of 25 degrees. No chance of rain. It's sunny. It's just ideal football weather for the fan. I don't know. I think 25 might be a tad warm for the players, a little bit of a four-clock. It is a four-clock kickoff, so it will cool down, but it's going to be ideal football weather. It's just the game you don't want to miss. Bulldogs members, if you're a full-season ticketed member, if you're not too sure, check the back of your membership card or give reach out to the Bulldogs in McCall because you get free entry into this game. But also, of course, Dave, and this is something that I want to make proud. I want to set a challenge out here. It's our home ground. It is not the bloody Rabbitohs home ground. It is the Bulldogs home ground. We've been there longer. We've been there first. It is where we play. So let's outnumber them. What great way would it, what great uh, look would it look with? There's more blue and white at a core stadium on Friday than red and green. Yeah. So I've set the challenge out to Bulldogs members and fans. Get tickets. Let's outnumber those bloody Rabbitohs at a core stadium and just get the boys home because... Also, there is no Latrell Mitchell for South Sydney. He's out for a period of time. I'm upset about that one. <laughs> yeah, and it's it opens up the door for the Bulldogs. Souths yeah. haven't been crash hot. Bulldogs have oh, only one win behind behind them on the ladder. Yes, the Souths have only won two games this year. Yeah, they've dropped three, won two games. Bulldogs. Um, one one drop four. Been going well. So yeah, South's attack have been has been under under the pump. Obviously a lot better than ours, but we'll we'll test them. Do you, I think we'll test them. Well, there's my favorite question I asked Matt. Can we win this one? 
if they've worked on their attack over this week. Yes. Who needs to play well? Who do you think the do you want to highlight? Well. So, if Bulldogs but, were to win, how about if I ask you this? If Bulldogs were to win, doesn't matter. I'm not asking you how much further win by, but if they were to win, who do you think at the Bulldogs walks away man the match for this to happen? Oh, okay. So, it's a tough question. It is a very tough question. So, um, Dufty needs to play outstanding. So, you got Dufty. If he has any errors, I don't see us winning. And obviously, you know, you can have you know, one or two. Mm-hmm. But if he has the amount he had last week, I don't see us winning. I think it needs to be a pretty – they just there. There can't be any errors. So, I feel like with the Bulldogs, they – and when they start making mistakes, they can't get back from it. Mm-hmm. It's like they just – oh, well, let's lose now. It's always next ooh, week. Ooh, that's a big call. So, so something they need to get out of their they game. Need to, yeah, they need to start saying – Okay, we've made an error. Let's not do it again. Yes, let's Instead defend it just... out. Let's defend it out and get yeah. the ball back. So Dufty, does Dufty walk away man of the match? Is the ball I don't win? think he'd walk away man of the match so who... unless he's made a lot of line breaks and he scores. But who? So who's but... the key player? Who's the player who needs the shine for the Bulldogs to get the win? Is it a is it a forward or is it is it Kyle Flanagan who played well? Is it Matt Burton? Is it Jerry Marshall King maybe? I think it's a half. So you got so Kyle Flanagan or Matt Burton walks away yeah. around the match if they yeah. win. Actually, I don't think that's a bad tip. Could be Burton spirals that puts under pressure under the bull, uh, the South Sydney fullback yeah, Blake Taff. Scares me. <laughs> but don't forget, Kyle Flanagan's been practicing his spirals, and we've seen it live yeah, at a course stadium against the Raiders, yeah. and he put some of those back three Raiders New South Wales oh, players yeah. under the pump, and they even dropped a couple. So Kyle Flanagan might be a surprise packet. Surprise packet. Burton. Uh, Burton's boot is quite impressive. He might uh, give Blake Taff a bit of headaches to replace from fullback for South Sydney Rabbitohs. But just interesting, we'll just jump quickly back and then we'll read the team list. Matt Burton's kicking game, and I want to bring this up. I was going to actually bring it up as well. I was going to bring this up because Matt, who's obviously one of the hosts here, uh, he brought up at the game, he brought up a really good point. Burton doing about 90% of the Bulldogs kicking against the Panthers or against the... So, against the players he's trained against, yep. against them, was it worthy of giving Flanagan saying, Flanagan, maybe you need to kick more? Obviously, it was a looks like it was a plan that Burton did majority of the kicking in certain zones of the field. But I don't know about you, but when I was watching the Panthers under the high ball, I don't think they, they sweated. Scared. No, they weren't scared. They weren't scared. They, so, they knew that his kicks. And, he, they've trained under his kicks. They knew what was coming at them, and I don't think one of those players dropped one of his balls. No, they, memory. they didn't. And you so, look at a game against the Broncos. Yeah. Um, you saw the back three against the Broncos. They were shaking, they were shivering yeah. almost. They were, from the moment the Burton's boy went up, you could kind of see the nerves on the Broncos. They were yeah. like, oh, we don't want to catch this. Oh, yeah, we don't sure. want Burton to kick. When Avrillo kicked against the Broncos, you could almost, whew, like you almost <laughs> see the Broncos go, yeah. thank God that's happening. Um. So maybe Flanagan might have had one of been good because Flanagan's been practicing his kicking yeah. and practicing different styles of kick. Maybe it would have been worthy of Flanagan putting something up and seeing if he's one of his, some of his new kicks have worked. I don't know if it was maybe a missed opportunity by the Bulldogs or they just relied too much on Matt Burton and they got stuck in the same system where Burton kicks must be good, uh, like you know what I mean. But um, that was an interesting point that actually Matt brought up a lot uh, live at Combank Stadium. But we'll. As we just wrap up the Bulldogs and Rabbitohs, I'm going to say Rabbit. This is a game Rabbitohs should win, and they sh- 
they will be thinking they should win comfortably. However, sniffing a good weather, yeah. When you think about, sorry, when teams think about, oh, they've got the Bulldogs, easy win. Mm. They're cocking the start to the show and then they realise that Mm. they're under the pump. So it's a good opportunity for the Bulldogs to come out, play some footy and put a surprise on South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah. Um, it'll be no better place than doing it at a core stadium, the home of the Canterbury Bank Stamp Bulldogs. Yes, I know it's the away game for the Bulldogs this week, but I treat it as a home game. And this is how the Bulldogs have lined up. They've named the same 17 players who played last week. So they've got Matt Dufty at fullback. The wingers are Brent Naden and Josh Adokar. The centres are Braden Burns against the old club. And Jake Avrillo. The halves, and rightfully so in my opinion, are Matt Burton and Kyle Flanagan. Up front is Luke Thompson, Jeremy Marshall King at the hooker role, and Paul Vaughan at prop. The back row is Corey Waddell, who I think is having a really good season, the workhorse. Tavita Penga Jr. was good to see him get involved against Penrith a bit more, and I think the more he gets involved, the better the Bulldogs get. Josh Jackson, the captain at lock. The only change branch is Brandon Wakem, Chris Platoa, Max King, Joe Stimson. Uh, Chris Platoa also played as 18th man last week, so he was a last-minute drop. The reserve list looks like this. Bailey Biondiodo at 19, Reese Hoffman at 20, Aaron Shop at 21, Jackson Topanine at 22, Arva Simonifengai at 23, Josh Cook at 24, and Corey Allen, the former Rabideau, at 25. Uh, be interesting to see if there's any changes leading up to that game. Uh, I think we'll run maybe Ava. Ava might be a... Again, a start it a start on the interchange bench, and possibly, possibly, I think that's a I think that's about it. I think Ava might potentially get that start over Chris Latov again. It might be just who trains better. I'm not too sure. It might be Chris being a young prop. You know, the week in week out grind of top grade might be a bit much, and they're trying to monitor his his progression a little bit and make sure he doesn't burn out too early in his career. Um, but yes, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see does Bally Beyond Diodo sneak in the bench spot because I feel like for the balance of the team, he'll be someone better on the interchange bench. Is there a reason why they're six? Is it because of COVID? Yes, yeah, so they've upped the reserves to 20, uh, so it used to be 21 and then they moved yeah. it to 22, but then they've upped it again because of COVID, just in case if COVID's. Yeah, the seven reserves. So with COVID, with COVID yeah. the way it is, and if a player tests positive, so you'd hope only one or two players yeah. test positive. That way they can just leak, like just got jumped to their reserves. Okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we've seen a West Tigers player last week, Dame Laurie, test positive on game day. So we'll run into New South Cup, and it's not overly great news for the Bulldogs. First of all, the, the bad news started when uh, Combank Stadium had to move the Bulldogs and Pan- uh, the Bulldogs and Panthers game away. Oh. So it was meant to be... A the lead up game or the curtain raiser that's called actually yeah. at uh Combank Stadium. However, the weather in Sydney has just been on and off or constant rain for a while now. Uh, so they decided for better for the safety and the, the ground at Combank could get used quite regularly throughout the NRL season. They decided that uh, it'd be better if the game was played at Belmore. And the Panthers uh got a win against the Bulldogs. It was a top of the table clash, 30 points to 16 at Belmore. Uh, we go on to play the Knights this week at 1 p.m. at Belmore Sports Ground this Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, the 30 to 16. It, well, it's a bit hard to win a game when their best players can't play. Yes, that's very true. The Flan, who's caught is referring to, Kyle Flanagan, was playing in the NRL this week, and he's been by far. Plus, the Panthers are the top of the table. 
Panthers are at top of the table, but that was the Bulldogs' first loss, yeah, so it's a good learning curve. Um, it's a good learning curve. They played with new halves, and at five eight was Zach Docker Clay, who uh, played at five eight, and uh, Bailey Biondiotto, who hasn't. He's been playing a lot of hooker off the interchange bench in a row. He played halfback. That's where his natural position is in the halves. Um, so he had to get it was his first time in a while playing a game in the halves. Um, that means it goes up to our last segment of the show. We'll close off the show. It is Old Dog. Matt has sent me the challenge of picking someone who's underrated, who's someone who doesn't get the reps as the, as maybe they should or, as yeah, as they should. It's a, quite a challenging one. I've gone with the former. He's a former Dragon, former Bulldog, former Rabideau. He even played a, played in the Super League, and it's the great Daryl Millard. I uh, debuted in 2006. 12 games to the Dragons, 4 tries. He then played 48 games to the Bulldogs between 2007 and 2009 with 16 tries. Played 3 games to South Sydney Rabbitohs in 2015. He also, in between the Bulldogs and South, he played 23 games for Wakefield and he played 99 games for Catalans, uh, scoring 18 tries in the Super League. For a centre, you might go, wow, there's not many tries, but my goodness gracious, he was a great defending centre. He was just someone who was just underrated, but just did his job. Um, I mean, you look at this current Bulldogs team, and if you had a Daryl Millard, a little bit younger, if you had someone like Daryl coming through the grades now, I think he gets a centre spot at the Bulldogs now, and I think he plays week in, week out, top-grade football for the Bulldogs because it's been a position. Our edges have been a little bit hit and miss this year. Um and we've had to make a lot of shifting plays from position to position to cover that. And I think someone like Darren Millard, would, he's just a great defending player, uh, would do well at the Bulldogs today. That's all we've got time for. Thank you for listening to the uh, Bulldogs Fans Podcast. And a massive thank you to Courtney, who very much last minute had to be dragged on the show because Matt was feeling under the weather. I think she did a good job. Uh, if you like her so much, if you like her, we might have to find a spot for her on the show on a more regular basis. But until next week, uh, hopefully we come back with a win. Until next week, I'll see you. We'll speak then. Bye. Bye.